0: Just the fact that 51% of kids leave primary school unable to swim in this country shocks me to my core. But I'm like, that is unacceptable. Like, it's just a non-negotiable for my kids that they learn how to swim. And I think I just wanted to do something about it. It really inspired me to go, hold on, I can't keep saying that it's everyone's fault. Oh, it's school's fault. Oh, it's parents' fault. Oh, it's the government's fault. When actually, if I'm not doing anything about it myself.
1: This is The Summit by Fields Adventures. I'm David Newes, and every week... My co-founder Dominic McGroker and I will be talking to inspirational leaders about their experiences as they strive towards their summit. Welcome to The Summit by Fields Adventures. Here we talk to amazing entrepreneurs about their professional and their personal journeys. Today we're here with Rebecca Adleton, who is an Olympic swimmer and amazing business owner now, who is the founder of Swim. Thanks, Rebecca.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So you're at school, swimming. Was it part of your life then? When When was swimming part of your life?
0: since I pretty much was born to be okay, honest. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So swimming's like such a young sport. Okay. So pretty much like since I learned to swim at three, yeah. like just the normal age. Um and then kind of went and joined a club about eight or nine yeah. and then properly, what I consider like your proper training, okay. not just like your general yeah. like lesson started doing the proper training from right about 11. Yeah. So it was all the early mornings, all the early wow. starts, all the yeah. weekends, competitions, everything from pretty yeah. much 11, 12 years old. Just because of the nature of the sport, like you don't find many swimmers in their like 40s. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you've only got that like little window. It's very similar to gymnastics. Okay. Like, yeah. It's just a young sport.
1: Yeah. Was it you wanting to step in and join these clubs or were you being so, said, well, why didn't you join this? Because you're actually really good. And or, or how was, how did it work?
0: Because I just grew up in Mansfield and there's right. not much else to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm from a very small town. Yeah. And in Mansfield, we're extremely lucky to have some impuls. Right, okay. Because normally in towns... Yeah. You- Barely. Some of them even have one swimming pool, yeah. 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 Let alone two swimming pools, and we live literally around the corner. We walk to the swimming pool. Having two older sisters, they both swam as well. So it was just a case of it became a family activity. Right. Like it was just something we did at weekends, etc. And I loved it. I wanted all my birthday parties at the pool. All of that sort of thing. That
1: ingrained. Okay.
0: Oh god, I absolutely loved it. I just loved being in water. If we were on holiday, I'd be one of those kids that slaps sun cream on in the morning. and I'd be in the pool the whole day my mum and dad instead they they got to the point where they couldn't battle to put sun cream on me they just shoved a t-shirt on me because I was like I'm not getting out I just loved being in the water absolutely loved it and then it was just obviously you do other stuff don't you you have school I was doing like bits of netball or cross country yeah you do all these different things don't you as a kid and I think swimming just became that one that I loved the most I had the best friends yeah like I, I just kind of wanted to go back to the pool all the time yeah much my mum and dad's dismay that they were like oh god we're getting up at half past four every morning I don't think it was definitely my mum and dad's decision <laughs> to be waking up at half past four every day but I just absolutely loved it and they were just happy to see their child yeah. love it they didn't think oh Becky's going to go to the Olympics like yeah. nobody thought that yeah. especially from a small town I'd never even met another Olympian <laughs> like do you know what I mean I'd never even done anything so wasn't that we had that yeah. mindset um, it was just simply just a hobby and I think when you're a parent you just do anything for yeah. your kids that You just want to see them have fun, don't you? Exactly.
1: When did you know that this could be more than just a hobby?
0: Literally, when I made the Olympics and got my Olympic.
1: (laughs) Really? You didn't know until then?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I did everything really backwards in my career. As in, like normally, you're progressing. You go to a Commonwealth, you go to a World Championships, you get in medals, and then you go to the Olympics. And kind of, you're already on this stepping stone. Whereas um, I got ill when I was about 15. I got glandular fever and post viral fatigue. My sister had encephalitis, which was a brain virus. So there was like this funny point in my teenage years when I should have been making the Commonwealth games yeah. and, and doing other events where I didn't because the kind of the illness took probably a good year to a year and a half to fully, fully recover from. I still swam during yeah. that period, but everything had to be monitored, like always checking my heart rate. I wasn't allowed to go over a certain level. Yeah. It was constant blood tests, doctors checking everything. So I wasn't really allowed to compete in that time. Yeah. But I think it, it enabled me to still love the sport. It enabled me to focus on my technique and other yeah. areas of the sport yeah. which were really really benefited from and then so when I made the Olympic Games it was kind of a bit of a complete shock yeah. because I'd never been to a Commonwealth Games and wow. really <laughs> done anything in the sport I mean I made the World Championships the year before the Olympics yeah. but I didn't even make a final so I literally was nothing so I think it was a complete surprise so normally people you're kind of on that trajectory whereas I just did it all backwards just
1: went straight (laughs) in the deep end literally (laughs) in those early days did you have any kind of people inspired you or mentors or who was was there anyone there kind of going come on Becky What's, you know.
0: Not massively, no. Really? Like swimming's very like, I mean, swimming's one of the highest participated sports yeah. in the country. Like most people think it's football, but it's actually not because right. you participate in swimming from pretty much the minute you're born to yeah. you're in your 90s. Yeah. Whereas there's only a certain age that you actually play football yes. for. So swimming is like with it being the highest participated sport, it was just one of those things that. Every Everyone loves Everyone so, yeah. does yeah. Everyone just enjoys Don't they and, yeah. and everything else And I was certainly One of them And always a complete Shock to me When it was like Oh I've made the Olympics <laughs> Oh I've got a gold medal Oh I've got a world record Like it was just like Oh okay Never expected I do that <laughs>
1: Do you ever, like, wake up any morning and go, oh, my God, what happened? Do
0: you know what? Less now. Like, it's always really nice now when I, like, go to anywhere and I get the medals. My life is so far from that now um, compared to when I compete. And I almost feel like it didn't happen because now I think, oh, God, i get tired walking up the stairs. So there is always that pinch me moment where I'm like, I forget about that point in my life. Um, And especially because you are so young. It's not like other sports as well where you have a really long career we don't, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. I trained for 15 years, yeah. but I only went to two Olympic games. Yeah. So that was only really over a stretch of like yeah. four years. Wow. So you're only kind of at that height for yes. for that period. Some people go on, most swimmers go to two or, yeah. It's, it's yeah, some people do go to three. So it's only really max eight years. It's yeah. not like other sports where it's kind of a 20-year, yeah. really long career going into their 40s, etc. You just don't get that within the sport. But I think that makes it more like you've got to go for it at that exact moment. You've got to take that opportunity because there is only now. You only have this really small window. I mean, it it makes it small with the Olympics only being every four years as well, which doesn't help. So if you miss that Olympics, well, then you've got to wait another four years for it to come around.
1: Is there kind of a worry that, you know, what we do after swimming, you've probably sacrificed a lot because you were intensively training to be, you know, a swimmer. Were you there for, you know, not thinking about, what you could be doing later, or were your parents worried about? Oh my gosh, it's this age, you're gonna what? What are you gonna do?
0: One hundred percent. I actually didn't go on to do um, my A levels at oh. school because that was the year that I got glandular fever yeah. and post viral fatigue. So my mum said, while me and my sister were recovering, yeah. said right, like take a year off yeah. and just get healthy, yeah. just get well. And then I was meant to go back to college. I had applied. I had done everything to go back to college before Beijing. I'm not academic at yeah. all, but I was like, okay, I'm going back to college. I knew what I was going to study. I had my place. I had everything set up. And then obviously Beijing happened. Yeah. And I think it was after my second gold medal that I phoned my parents and went, does this mean I don't have to go back to college? And they were like, yeah, you don't have to go back to college. And I was like, oh, gosh, yes. So I was like, yes, it wasn't for me. Both my sisters were very, very academic. They always got A-stars and everything. And I was always compared to them at school. And I was just like, every teacher was thoroughly disappointed when they got me because they were like, ooh, not quite the (laughs) A-star of your sisters then, but... I think it is one of those things that is now openly talked about yeah. within the sport because you've got to think about that afterwards. Like I wasn't massively thinking about after my career, but at the same time, like I was one of those people. I think there's two types of people in in swimming. Ones that will just keep going and keep going until somebody forces them to stop, as in because they are not making teams, they're yeah. not getting funding, they absolutely have to stop. So they will squeeze every bit of life out of, out of the sport. Then there's other people that want to finish on a high. I knew I was always in that camp. I always wanted to finish my career on a high. I didn't want to, uh, like, damage my legacy by just kind of keep trying to go at something when it's just not going to happen. So I think I always knew that. So I wasn't scared of retirement. And I... I kind of I didn't have a clue what I was going to do after sport. I had no, no clue idea at, all. at all. And it is a really daunting thing. And I think that's why a lot of people do carry on and squeeze everything out of it because they're just, they have no idea what to do. I mean, it is really common in the sport that people will study because, again, being young, a lot of people go to uni, they do it part-time, yeah. so they've got something afterwards. But it's a really scary thought. Really, really scary. Um, and it definitely took me a while to find my feet. I was just like I just felt lost for about six months going, I don't know what I'm doing, because especially within sport, your life is scheduled out. I could have told you in three years' time where I was going to be in the sport, like as in uh, yeah. everything is mapped out. There, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you
0: do a four-year plan wow. between Olympics, so you know you know what competitions you're going to, you know what your schedule is, you know when your time off is, you know absolutely everything for four years. So then you stop and you go, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow <laughs> and next week that it's it's that openness of not having a routine and schedule wow. that is quite a daunting one because you go well hold on what's my purpose what am I waking up for what am I doing now and yeah. you've definitely got to go out and find that which I think is the biggest challenge
1: yeah we switch to a lot of entrepreneurs who have sold their businesses for example it's the same kind of pithy. it's like oh that was my identity that's what I was known as who am I now what what's my purpose in society but also what am I adding to the world like that that's a tough period right so tough yeah. I think
0: that's the thing isn't it everyone has like I was always Becky the swimmer and people even still say to me now "Oh, are you that swimmer lady and I'm like no I'm not like I haven't swam in like what is it 11 years I haven't been that swimmer lady but that becomes your label and I was definitely in that camp and it took me a long time to go I don't actually know who Becky is or what Becky wants like it's kind of like hard because you always have that label and now I've got so many different hats I'm Becky the mum. I'm Becky the wife I'm Becky the business owner I'm Becky the BBC pundit sometimes (laughs) sometimes I'm just that girl that did I'm a celeb like I'm all these different (laughs) things but I love that and I I love the fact that you get to change and have that identity where it's just so open I'm not now just one thing which is really nice
1: yeah yeah you've now you set Swim up as a business. I mean, what's, what was the purpose behind Swim and what was the inspiration behind setting that business up?
0: Do you know what? London was a massive inspiration for me. And I know that sounds really corny and cheesy <laughs> that the Olympics are that, but I think that whole Inspire generation yeah. motto of the London Olympics, I mean, that Olympics more than any other Olympics. I'm not just saying that because I'm biased and because I'm British, <laughs> but it really was about legacy. Yeah. It really was about setting something up that was sustainable and that was going to be there, that people, could use like I think it's amazing in this country that we have got that Olympic park yeah. to go to because I've traveled all over the world with sport and I've been to different countries where Olympic Games are at and I'm like, oh, that looks really rubbish now and they've or they knocked it down or there isn't anything there for people to see. so it's great that people have something like the Aquatic Center on their doorstep to take their kids to yeah. to be able to see it and live it and breathe it and it's an amazing place but It completely inspired me to kind of go, hold on, because we've had shocking statistics of learning to swim in this country. Like when you go to Australia, when you go to America, they take swimming really, really seriously. It's a life skill.
1: Yeah,
0: It's number one life skill. It's kind of the only sport that can save your life. And it's just a non-negotiable. I know they have pools everywhere. So it's very different (laughs) in those countries because there's literally pools on every single corner, unlike us. But they take it so seriously because of the dangers in the water, because of what they're exposed to. But us as this tiny little island don't. Yeah. And I'm like, only because the weather isn't nice because we don't have pools outside, do we not take it seriously as a life skill? So I spent those four years between Beijing and London constantly trying to promote the sport, constantly trying to get people into swimming, being safe, kids learning how to swim. Just the fact that 51% of kids leave primary school unable to swim in this country shocks me to my core that I'm like, that is unacceptable. Like it's just a non-negotiable for my kids that they learn how to swim. And I think I just wanted to do something about it. It really inspired me to go, hold on, I can't keep saying that it's everyone's fault. Oh, it's school's fault. Oh, it's parents' fault. Oh, it's the government's fault. When actually, if I'm not doing anything about it myself. So I kind of took that really seriously, set up my Learn to Swim programme. And it's kind of obviously just gone on and on and on. And it got to the point where... Um, It was like we were in everyone else's facilities and then you can't control that customer journey. You can't control anything about it. So that's where Swim was born. The fact that we build our own centres, we make it just specifically for children, it's not a leisure centre where you've got other people in. This is just for kids. It's lovely and warm. It's purpose built in that environment. There's no manky foot bath that you have to walk through because <laughs> everyone remembers the foot bath yes. at the swimming baths <laughs> that you walk through, or plasters floating, or getting a black brick on the bottom of the pool as they learn to swim journey. Or r- people have these really like, vivid memories of learning to swim as a kid and we just want to go no it's not about that it's not an olympic program either because people always think like we're churning olympians out and i'm like we're not (laughs) at all be great if any were in the future but it's one of those we want kids to learn this amazing life skill but in a fun and safe like brilliant way
1: and where are you today? How many pools have you got where, where you're on that journey?
0: We've got 10 swimming centres wow. up and down the country. Yeah, we've just opened our 10th one in Newcastle. We've got our 11th coming wow. literally in three months' time. Okay. It's just been amazing Like to have 15,000 kids yeah. swimming with us across yeah. those 10 sites. Just every week is just phenomenal we want to take over the country because obviously there's a lot of country and we're only 10 swim centers (laughs) but we will slowly get there where we we want to build pools where there isn't that that um space there we're we're not going into places that have got an abundance of swimming pools we really want to cater to those councils to those areas that they're really really struggling they're really deprived they're really in need of a swimming centre and yeah. that's why we go there because actually there's no other option for these kids Is
1: it quite accessible in terms of inclusivity um, or how's that how are you thinking about that in your business model? Do
0: you know what we think about kind of absolutely everything so we make sure that it is yeah. kind of disability friendly yeah. as well that we make sure all of our facilities yeah. have got the your ramps that they're yeah. safe to do so we train our own teachers as well so we really want to give kind of 16, 17, 18 yeah. year olds a place to come and work that is a really great place to work, that it's really fulfilling, really rewarding. So training our own swim teachers is something that's been massive for us and for the community as well. We want those guys that are going to uni or at college to be able to have something that genuinely is such a rewarding life skill sort of job. Yeah. We're in co- really, really diverse communities yeah. as well. It's not just middle-class white people. <laughs> it's not. It's not. We're in, well, I mean, Britain isn't that anyway, is it? But we're in these areas. We're in Batley and Albury and Birmingham and, and um, all across Liverpool. And we've just opened up in Newcastle. Yeah. We're not just going to your posh end of kensington in london like like, that's not what we're doing
1: and you kind of made a relationship with jd sports if if i'm right yeah i mean how did that come about and how's that working out
0: it's been one of those that obviously we're not government funded. Yeah. It's been one of those that we've constantly relied on deaf funding. Mm. Um, and it was last year where we were kind of looking at options, looking at kind of, right, how do we we need money to and roll yeah, to, yeah. to roll out all these the swimming pools that yeah. we want to roll out. I mean, we want to have 200 swim sites. So wow. we need some funding to do that. It can't just keep being yeah. myself. There's myself, Steve Parry and Adrian Turner. All three of us are Olympians, but we would love to fund it ourselves. But... Yeah. We're not made of money. We don't have money trees in our house. Yeah. So it was just those options when we're exploring it. And then kind of the trade option came on the table. Um, for us, it was something that we thought was way down the line in the yeah. future. We thought, hold on, we're, we're still in kind of our infancy yeah. as a business, really. But we're doing something that is so unique, that yeah. is so great for the country as well. So it was just kind of working with them. And they were like, yeah, um, we want to buy part, part of your business. And we Fantastic. were like, happy days. Yeah, because obviously yeah, yeah. with with JD as well they're such a brilliant partner like I think with it being JD gyms that is is in that I mean they're they're all about that fitness they're all about that health industry and I think it was just such a perfect partner they're rolling out gyms across the country so why don't we launch dual sites together so Albury um, and Newcastle we're right next door so you'll go in this door for JD gyms this door for swim so it's just been a fantastic rollout opportunity for us as well with how quickly they're scaling I mean we're quite not the (laughs) level of gyms that they have but um we're certainly trying to be
1: and how's the kind of culture? you know that you're a small business they're a big business how does that work culturally and operationally and day-to-day and
0: yeah it's one of those that we're starting to kind of do that integration piece now um i mean i sit on the board meetings obviously so uh, every single month we come together but now as teams we're starting Uh, to integrate we're starting to integrate the marketing teams and the property teams and everything else and actually it's been really welcome they're not a huge, huge you think like I thought going into their offices, oh my gosh, it's gonna be humongous yeah, and it's yeah, gonna yeah. be big
1: boardroom and big yeah, th- yeah. and it's
0: not, they're such a fantastic team of people. They're actually relatively a small team of yeah. people as well, because obviously a lot of their venues, they're mainly on site, just like our teams, they're mainly on site as well. So our head office teams are actually very relatively small. Yeah. Um, So it's actually worked out really, really well. And we're we're in North Manchester and they're in Wigan. So again, not that far. So it's culturally as well, we're we're all trying to do something amazing. We're all in that same sort of kind of leisure industry. So again, theirs is adults and ours is children, but we're essentially still doing the same sort of things. We're kind of... Um, finding a box, filling it full of yeah. people and hopefully giving them an, an amazing experience.
1: I mean, you've been through like a lot of phases of business processing, like a really short time, right? You've kind of gone from not being in business at all to like startup and kind of really fast scale through to an M&A process, really through to now being part of a much larger organization and really like super scaling. You know, even like the language, the terminology, you know, the the, the financial acumen. And I mean, how have you managed to absorb all that? And, you know come across as if this all looks super simple <laughs>
0: it's definitely not super simple that's for sure certainly when it comes to financial language I sit there and I'm like oh my gosh uh, finances is, is definitely my weakest yeah. area whenever we do balance scorecard I'm great <laughs> on people and customers and ops yeah. finance I'm like oh um, it is a bit daunting but I think it's one of those as well I think I'm so passionate about it as well yep. I genuinely love it like if somebody said to me Becky, you could have this business or your Olympic medals and you could only pick one. I'd choose this any day of the week. And I know that sounds really bizarre because for many people... They would never have the Olympic yeah. medals but they could have the business whereas for me I just find what we're doing is so rewarding like yeah. I go to our swim centres and I see these kids faces absolutely lighting up I see them learning yeah. a, a valuable life skill something that's going to stay with them forever Yes, like riding a bike if you learn how to swim as a, a child you will have it forever yeah. it doesn't disappear it doesn't go away you will always know yeah. and I just think that is so valuable so yeah. what we're doing is, is just so rewarding I come home Home and I, I'm so inspired. I'm so yeah. like passionate about it. Cause with swimming, it, it, it don't get me wrong, I loved it, but it was so selfish. You yeah. have to be so selfish to be an elite sports person because everything evolves around you and your performance. And it, it's just it is a very selfish environment. Yeah. And then you step into this business world and it's not all about you yeah. and you have to work together as a team. And I just love that environment and what we're trying to achieve and I think this is definitely more of my legacy like them Olympic medals and the world records were great but I want this to be my legacy I want people to go gosh Becky really revolutionised swimming. She yeah. really changed the way swimming is done in this country. And I, I'd love to have that legacy.
1: Do you think a lot of the things you learn about leadership in Olympics and, and your swimming and the whole way you're led and, and inspiration, are you using that in the way you're leading this business? And is that is that different than the other things you've seen in business?
0: I think with us three all being Olympians yes. as well as business partners, we're all very, very um, similar minded. And yes. Like we are... We, we kind of we, we're all very good at goal setting we yeah. love a bit of a goal set like and it's kind of like funny that other people don't goal set and, yeah. and kind so. of how they are <laughs> I think we're very very big on recognition and yeah. reward as well because I think that was the stark difference when we first started yeah. is the fact that in sport that recognition is always there because yeah. it's like oh well, you've won a race yeah. you've got a medal yeah. well done and it's yeah. kind of like it's always that culture but then in business yeah. it's very very hard to replicate that no one's giving you a medal or a trophy in the office are you (laughs) and if you've done something good it's like well done you've done your job like it's not even that like rewarding rewarding. yeah (laughs) exactly so I think that was kind of the stark difference when we started but I think definitely the fundamental things your discipline your determination hard work communication routine structure all that sort of stuff like getting our business rhythm we're all really keen to have that and I think that's definitely come from sport where we're very similar in those things so I think that's why it works so well and plus we don't take things personally I was so used to being criticized I have noticed some people in the office like it that haven't come from that background you sometimes take criticism very personally or or it's really hard to pass on constructive criticism whereas because we're from sport we're like yeah okay like nothing's ever (laughs) offensive like I've never fallen out with my business partners at all because we're it's just about development it's just you've got to criticize to then get better to then learn to then grow and we just don't take it to heart so it works really well.
1: Now I'm fascinated between the kind of conversions between kind of sports and leadership I think it's really really interesting I think a lot of businesses you know could do a lot in terms of learning from that so yeah fascinating you're actually practicing it right you're seeing it for yourself so no, it's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. So, what is your summit? Are you there? Are you on the way there? Do you even know what it looks like? <laughs>
0: kind of do obviously from a business aspect I think we would love to have multiple like we're aiming for 200 swim sites across the country I know and just to be able to really change those learn to swim statistics I'd love to see that number come down the only thing since COVID since the lockdowns that the learn to swim statistics are getting worse it's going to go up to 3 in 5 kids are unable to learn to swim Mm. I think they are predicted 2,000 swimming pools close over the next 10 years across the country and it's It's kind of just getting drastically worse. And I think we're kind of at this point where we're having a real crisis when it comes to swim pools. Um, I know energy costs have gone through the roof. So government have stepped in and given some support there. But I'd love to be able to say that we've revolutionized that space. We're doing things in a very, very different way to A, be sustainable, but also be cost effective as well. Like You don't have to build a 25 million pound leisure center anymore. Like It's kind of like... Their historic traditional ways, but we can move on, we can find cheaper solutions so I think just giving the these kids that opportunity to learn this life skill because not only will we not see more olympians in the future because it will have that effect if nobody's learning to see, we yeah, yeah. We, we won't have any uh, anyone getting olympic yeah. medals but more so will the drowning rates going up every year the ob- obesity rates going up every single year kids men- suffering with mental health is going up every single year and swimming can obviously help with all Huge of impacts, that yeah, yeah it has a massive impact so not saying we're going to cure obesity or change anything like that but that's definitely the ambition that we just want to give children the opportunity to learn how to swim yeah. um, whether that's in schools because we do national curriculum or whether that's parents taking their kids as well we just want them to have the opportunity so that's definitely my target over the next 10 years I would say we're, we're slowly at the bottom and we're only just <laughs> starting that summit we've got a long way to go yeah. and a long way personally for me to climb as well yeah. if only just kind of being exposed to the buyout last year and everything else I've definitely got a long way to go in business that's for sure
1: Do you think being a mum changed your perspective about what your ambitions are in life and your summit
0: definitely definitely it's kind of one of those that um being a mum is kind of a i want my kids to see their parent loving their job and understanding that hard work and what they're trying to do um but also i think it kind of gives you that Real empathy sometimes that you need in business, the radical candor, that, that yeah. whole bit in business that actually it sometimes, especially as you get bigger, yeah. you can lose that family feel, you can lose that culture, you can just lose that bit where it's like, hey, how are you? like that chat and actually yeah. we want people to love coming to work we want to look after the guys we want people to be passionate about coming to work for us as well um, and that's something that is a real core value of ours as well and I think it certainly helps me um, definitely uh, just put things in perspective as well it's nice that you get to go home sometimes and yeah. your kids they don't ask you about work do they that you just get to switch off and I think that's sometimes the real beauty because I think in sport I could never really switch off because yeah. it's constantly like performance, performance. Yeah. Whereas now you come home and your kids don't want to talk to you about work. I I walk through the door after a hard day, probably if it's a really crap day as well. (laughs) And my little boy's like, Thomas, Thomas, because he wants to watch Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) My daughter's like, mummy, can you watch my show? And I'm like, OK, I'm fully in my mode now. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Thanks, Rebecca. That was really fascinating. What an incredible journey from, you know, swimming all the way through to an entrepreneur journey, all the way through to an exit and now, you know, being part of a bigger company and your vision for swimming in the UK is you know, really, really aspirational. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that as much as I did. Please give, leave us a review, tell your friends, and if there's any particular person you'd like to see on the show in the future, let me know. Thank you. Thank you.